Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Millennial Life and Men podcast, personal growth for your work, life, and money. My name is Kimberly. I'm a career coach for millennials in the public sector, and I'm here to help you develop the personal growth skills to meaningfully make and manage your money to create work-life balance. How? By tackling that self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and the procrastination habits that are holding you back. And today, we're going to be talking about how to speak and communicate with confidence without faking it until you make it. I feel like a lot of career advice out there and just personal growth advice is to sound more confident and be more confident by, you know, just doing it. (laughs) And personally, I don't find that type of advice helpful. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Communication is really one of the most important skills in any resume, job, or career, and it is applicable to every single job, every single industry, and actually is one of the most important skills I feel like we need to master as adults. However, communicating confidently and sounding confident can be very intimidating if you are someone with self-doubt or imposter syndrome. For a long time, I I let self-confidence and public speaking, and when I mean public speaking, I mean like speaking in a room with like more than one person, I like qualify speaking up at a dinner party as public speaking, which is probably not the correct definition, but that's what it feels like to me. And I let it stop me from really saying anything at all. So I really know what it's like to have self-doubt hold you back from sharing your ideas and opinions and voice with the world. And the reason why I really wanted to talk about this topic today is because confidence can be such a huge issue with career. And I see this a lot in my clients and I know this because I see this in myself as well. I used to have this like irrational fear that everyone was laughing at me whenever I spoke or was going to make fun of me later. And it really reflected in my body language. And I would actually turn like a bright shade of tomato red, especially in job interviews. And self-confidence in job search is really critical because when you are in a job search, you are convincing somebody else to that you are the best candidate and that they should be hiring you. And if you don't truly believe it, in yourself and that, you know, you're worth the skills, um, sorry, you're worth your value and you have skills that will be helpful to this employer. If you don't believe it, they won't believe it. And self-confidence, you know, plays out in every part, not just the job search or the interview, but the negotiation phase of it, actually getting a promotion. And that's why I really wanted to talk about it today. I didn't know how to demonstrate self-confidence Um, for a long time. And a lot of the advice out there was kind of, you know, preaching this, just do it, just be it. And I feel like there are people who are naturally confident. But the problem with the faking it until you make it advice, while I do believe that it'll get you um, further than you probably currently are with um, self-confidence, it doesn't address the core root of the problem, which is what I really want to talk about in today's episode. So if you are someone who is struggling to sound confident at work, in a meeting, when you're making a presentation, when public speaking, and again, even it counts as a dinner party, then this is the episode for you. In this episode, I'm really going to be talking about how to communicate at work 
without that, you know, faking it until you make it mentality, um, without having to speak up more, because I actually don't think that works, especially for people with self-doubt that can backfire on you. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about in that in the later in the episode, but also just really how to communicate confidently when you are nervous. And if you are someone who is shy or gets nervous easily. So let's just get started. The first thing you can do if you want to sound more confident in the way you communicate is actually to slow down your speech. I completely understand this one because I speak quickly naturally, but when I get nervous, I speak even more quickly because I want to get over this public speaking experience as quickly as possible. And it's easy to also speak quickly when you're nervous because you don't want anyone to look at you or critique what you're saying. And you might actually also have so many things that you want to cover because you want to just make sure everyone understands your point very well that you start speaking extremely quickly. But what that does is it actually allows other people to doesn't allow other people to have confidence in what you're saying for a number of reasons. One, when you slow down your speech, you're able to create a more thoughtful response instead of just saying, you know, like verbal diarrhea by talking uh, a mile a minute and saying any thought that comes to your head. When you say everything very quickly, it comes out, you know, what you want at the moment. But speaking a bit more slowly allows you to choose your words more carefully, and it creates the impression that you have thought out your response. A great example of this is actually Barack Obama. So if you have ever heard Barack Obama speak, his voice is very magnetic, and his speeches are always praised by being so, you know, thoughtful and engaging. And studies have shown that this is because he takes very dramatic and thoughtful pauses and he doesn't speak too quickly. You can see that he's thinking while he's speaking so you have more confidence in what he is saying. Another reason why you should be slowing down your speech is it allows other people to understand what you're saying and take in the information. So when you want to sound more confident at work, a lot of times it could be just because the person can't follow your thought process because you're speaking so quickly. And I actually ran into this problem recently in a job interview. And that was one of the feedback sessions I'd gotten is because and I will get to this later, is when you have self-doubt and imposter syndrome, you want to like just really make sure that everyone understands what you're saying. So you say it very quickly, but sometimes people then can't follow your thought process. They don't have confidence in what you're saying because they're like, okay, so you have this idea, but I don't really understand how you got there. And maybe you did explain it well, but because you said so quickly, they couldn't retain the information. Slowing down your speech allows other people to better understand you and follow your thought process. And while I'm talking about slowing down your speech, I don't want to say like you have to speak super, super slowly. It's just important to create a, you know, um, speech rhythm, similar to like a lyrical song. And the last reason why you should slow down your speech is because it'll actually make you less nervous and less fearful of public speaking. And I know this sounds like a strange thing to say, but 
it actually is true because one of the greatest fears when it comes to public speaking is the silence, you know, but when you speak in a rhythm and you are ahead of your words, you give yourself time to recover. I don't know if you've noticed, but there have been quite a few times in this episode already, and we're only like less than 10 minutes in, that I've stumbled on my words. But it's okay, because I'm speaking at a certain pace that I'm, I allow myself to be able to recover. When you are speaking and you stumble or forget a word, it's easier to jump back in when you are speaking slowly than to be like speaking a mile a minute and then all of a sudden take a long pause. When you are speaking quickly, a five second pause also seems like it's an eternity. And sometimes that's what holds people back from public speaking because they're like, oh my God, this it's so silent. But you know, a five second pause or a couple of seconds It's not that big of a deal to a listener, especially when you are speaking at a certain pace. So when you slow down, you allow yourself to have a second to collect your thoughts, and it doesn't seem that long. I'm going to go back to that Barack Obama example because he speaks at a rhythmic pace already, and he already takes pauses. If he takes a second to collect his thoughts and he's thinking something through, it doesn't make it a massive deal, even though there's like a million cameras on him and he could be making a speech live that's going to be played back a thousand times too on the internet. That's why it's really important to slow down your speech. Now, the second thing you can do to sound more confident at work is to really create a strong go-to opening sentence. So half the battle when it comes to confidence is the word choice, especially in the beginning. Having a strong opening, especially, you know, when you're in a meeting or talking to your supervisor or something, creates the foundation for how people will perceive your speech and ideas. Try not to start sentences with words such as, um, well, just, I guess, or I think. Of course, you can still use these words and it's going to be difficult to just cut them out altogether because sometimes it's a default, but it's but try to use them as little as possible. What I recommend doing is actually having a strong go-to opener sentence that allows you to bounce off people's comments or direct in your your opinion, such as um, in a statement such as, uh, if you're in a meeting, to follow up on Anna's comment or X presentation point. Or you could say something like, that's a great point, and then say, I think we should do something like this, or I really like this idea, or I have a, um, a concern I have with this is, or something we need to look at is X, right? So if you sound, if you listen to all of those types of sentences, and they, w- they are in the show notes, so if you didn't write them down, that's okay. You can venture then into phrases like, I think, and you know, creating a strong opener is so important because if you have a confident statement at the beginning, that's the foundation for the rest of your communication or speech. And the thing I really want to um, start off with and, and add into this is it's it's okay to have a crutch like this. I used to have go-to opening sentences because I didn't know what else to say. So if you listen to every episode of the podcast, I start with the same thing and the same phrases because those are my go-to opening sentences. I say, and today we're going to be talking about sounding confident at work 
or today and today we're going to be talking about this. So I really lay the groundwork in each podcast episode. It would be very diff- a different um, atmosphere or environment if I said, um, well, today I think we should be talking about um, confidence at work, right? Like if I don't sound like I have confidence in the topic, other people won't be able to resonate with it. And it's okay to create these kind of go-to opening sentences. I use this a lot in the early part of my career. I've now been able to deviate from them a bit, but these were my go-tos. The third thing you can do when you want to sound more confident at work is to create an outline of your thoughts to avoid being interrupted. A common problem when it comes to speaking confidently and speaking up at work is not knowing what to do when you are interrupted. Um, Especially if you are someone with self-doubt or imposter syndrome, you might feel like guilty about trying to re-inject yourself into the conversation and in, um, in avoidance of that, you actually don't say anything at all and you just kind of shut off, right? I know what that feels like, but you it's really important to fully, you know, share your ideas to be and to be able to do that you have to know how to deal with interruptions. So, to avoid being interrupted, create an outline of your ideas and outline them at the beginning so that you have something that you can jump back into. What do I mean by this? So before you start speaking up at a meeting or um, with a friend or public speaking, you can say there are three issues I see with this plan. Or you could say something like, I see two great benefits to partnering with this company, or I've heard three types of feedback from our client. So what you're doing is you're giving a numerical um outline. So you have three, two, three, five, whatever you want to do, ideas that you want to talk about. So when you create an outline for your thoughts, people will be more likely to wait until you're done. So if I said I have, I see three issues with this plan, right? Everyone in the meeting room knows that I have like three things I want to talk about, right? And a lot of people will be more um, receptive into waiting until you're done because you've given them the number of points you wanna speak on. And if you are interrupted then, the thing is you've given the people an outline of what you wanted to say. So you can simply say to continue on my next point, blah, blah, blah. Like if I only got through two points and there was a third point I wanted to make, I can actually say to continue on, right? Because everyone in the room already knew that I had three points that I wanted to make. This technique, This technique allows you to bounce back from interruptions that can shake your self-confidence and it actually encourages you to speak up again because you're not done yet. When you're committed to sharing three ideas or um, a certain number of points, people are going to be expecting and waiting on that as well. Pro tip, I used to actually write bullet points outlining what I was going to say in a meeting so I could fully think things out before I spoke. So if I saw three issues with um, a plan or something like that, I would actually outline the problems first. And this is going back to point number two, when, you know, a lot of um, self-confidence and having a confident communication style comes down to practice, which is why I don't believe in the, let's just fake it until you make it kind of style, because you don't really know what you're faking right? Self-confidence comes with practice. And outlining bullet points before I spoke was how I practiced being confident and how people were receptive to my ideas. So it's okay to start using these, you know, beginner techniques. I call them like my 
training wheels of, of speaking up confidently and then moving on to not doing that anymore. So nowadays when I'm in meetings, sometimes I actually still will write down points because if someone else said something and I wanted to bring something else up, I know what it's like to be interrupted, so I won't do that. Also because on Zoom, it's very difficult to interrupt people um, because there's like all the static and stuff and and uh, uh, that comes in between, but I'll write down the point that I wanna make and address later on. But it's, you know, creating outlines, creating bullet points of what I wanted to say has allowed me to now just be able to speak up more naturally confidently. And that's how you progress in self-confidence. All right. Now the third, sorry, not the third, the fourth thing that you can do when you want to sound more confident at work is actually to end your sentence on a low tone. I didn't know this tip tip until actually last year when I was doing a presentation for my team. And at the end of it, a manager from another department pulled me aside to tell me that, you know, she really liked my presentation. It was obviously very well researched and very well presented, but she wanted to offer me one point of improvement. And the thing that she said to me is that she noticed during my presentation, I would end all of my sentences with a high tone. What this does is it makes all of my sentences sound like questions and gave the impression that I was questioning myself. I had never thought about this before, but I'm very aware now of my tone when, especially when I'm presenting and especially when I'm public speaking to end in a low tone. Now I've written um, about this for the financial diet. Um, it's an article on how to speak up when you're a quiet person in um, how to speak up in a meeting when you're the quiet person. And I will link the article in the show notes. And one of the things that, one of the pieces of feedback I got about that article is that sometimes, uh, and I understand what this, what the concerns coming are from as well, is that as women, we are kind of changing our tones um, to sound more like males and, and, and to succeed in a more male dominated field. Now, I understand where that's coming from, but the way that I see ending a low tone is actually because in different languages, ending on a high tone actually does mean it's a question. So I'm Vietnamese, I speak Vietnamese fluently, and when she made this comment to me, I actually thought back to like my own like language um, background. And I was like, in Vietnamese, that's actually true. When you want something to be a question, you end it on a high tone. So I can understand how it's received as a question when I'm ending all of my sentences on a high tone. Um, because in another language, that's what you do. And so that is something I became very self-aware of. And I wanted to share with you as well, because I had never considered that before, but try ending on a low tone and it's not about the pitch of your voice because the pitch of your voice is just the pitch of your voice it's not really going to change that much but um, many languages especially asian languages are very tonal and it does make that cons um does create that um perception that you are questioning yourself now the fifth way that you can sound more confident at work and communicate in a more confident manner is actually to not be afraid of silence Silence has a time and place. If there is a silence, do not feel the need to immediately fill the void. 
if you are having a discussion or a meeting and it's met with silent, let it stay silent for a bit. And this is especially important when you're in negotiations. So if you are in negotiations with a salary or benefits or anything or promotion or something like that, and you ask a question and for example that you want a you feel like you should have a higher raise right like maybe you're in negotiations for your salary and you want a higher amount don't feel the need to break it down we'll ask you can ask a question and let there be silence because if you are asking you know to negotiate your salary and the other um, side is silent. It's easy to just say, oh, never mind. You know, like um, uh, we can just take the salary that we had discussed um, before, right? But that's a, but silence is such a powerful thing, especially when it comes to communications and negotiations. And a big part of silence is that, you know, people may be collecting their thoughts. They might be digesting their information. I feel like especially because we are surrounded by so much media all of the time, like you can watch videos forever, you can scroll on social media forever. We're just used to that stimulation. But again, silence has a time and place. Don't rush to explain anything or clarify anything if no one has actually asked a question about it. And don't feel the need to fill that silence with filler speech. You know, what you can do if you're met with a silence is one, you can actually ask someone else's opinion. So maybe you had ended your presentation and it's completely science, silent, right? An easy one you can ask is, does anyone have a, um, uh, what would you, what do you think about moving forward with this plan that I've just presented, right? And that puts the onus on them or has anyone else seen um, issues with this software system that we're using? You know, it invites another person into the conversation. So avoid asking things like, is there anything I can clarify or did everyone understand my point? I know it's very difficult to just lean into silence without doubting yourself that maybe you had said something incorrectly and people don't understand. But if they don't understand, the onus is on them to ask questions. Because when you're asking questions like, oh, is there anything I can clarify? What it does is it creates skepticism in your ideas, which brings me to my next point, which is let people ask questions. When you want to be and sound more confident, you have to have confidence in the statements that you are making. As someone with a lot of self-doubt, I know what it's like to want to over-explain everything, but I've learned that listening to too much that sorry that talking too much is also a sign of low confidence in communication no one wants to read an essay styled email where you're like breaking everything down or listen to a presentation for 30 minutes for an idea or concept that could have been explained in five minutes you know a big misconception when it comes to communication and communicating with confidence is speaking more means that you're more confident Honestly, this is not how it is perceived. I've learned throughout the years in my work, in my career, and especially in creating MLA, that it's actually more important to be more concise instead of speaking more. So when you make your point, allow people the time to take it in and ask questions if they have them. You don't have to be dominating all the time, the conversation or um, the meeting in order to exude confidence. Confident 
communication is about demonstrating knowledge of your topic and sharing your ideas without second guessing yourself and how others understand that information. You created a clear response to an idea. It is up to the other person to ask for clarification if they do not understand something. And this kind of goes back to my presentation point. You know, a lot of communication style is just being able to clearly demonstrate your knowledge. If someone has a point or a question, they will ask you afterwards. And this is something I struggled a lot with on MLA as well. So you can see this again. I feel like MLA is like the perfect example of trying to figure out self-confidence is because a lot of times my episodes used to be a lot longer on the podcast, but also prior to the podcast, even my blog posts were like so, so long. It was like over 2000 words. I can't believe anybody actually read a lot, some of my older blog posts because I was trying to so hard to make sure my point came across that I used way too many words to make my point. And what I see now is that like I was trying to cover every all bases at once in case anyone had a question about something I wanted to cover it out. And what that makes it seem like is that it is um, I can see how if you read some of my older stuff, my older articles, it didn't sound that confident because I didn't really wasn't really making a concise point. Whereas some of the um, best articles and best things to read on the internet really have a strong point and they can are able to communicate it with less words, not with an essay. And the seventh and last thing that I want to talk about is when you want to sound more confident at work and communicate more confidently, listen more than you speak. And I know this is going to be a great point for anyone who is introverted, who has self-doubt, and who doesn't just want to be the loudest person in the room. If you are speaking in a meeting, or if you are presenting, or if you are engaging in any kind of professional communication, or communication with other people at all, even in your personal life, really try to listen more than you speak. Being confident in your communication is also about understanding other people's expect, um, perspectives and ideas and allowing them to have confidence in what you're saying because you have taken in their side as well. If you speak nonstop and never listen to another person, your communication style isn't really seen as confident because it doesn't seem knowledgeable um, because you haven't listened to anything anyone, anyone else has said. You know, a perfect example of this is Donald Trump, <laughs> a part of confident communication, you know, and allowing it's not just about self-confidence. It's about having other people be confident in your ideas and information as well. It's when you speak, make sure you back up your statements with evidence that you have gathered and other evidence can include other statements that other people have made. And it really demonstrates that, you know, you've thought out your opinion and Again, I used to do this all the time in meetings. Um, if you go back, like, I'm sorry, this is going back, going back to point number two. So when I was saying having like a strong go to opening sentence, um, one of the sentences I had suggested is, you know, to follow up on, you know, Anna's comment or X person's comment or this presentation point. Um, I would like to contribute my idea in this, right? I think we should do this. So um, what I used to do a lot when it came to meetings is I would support my ideas with comments from other people and other coworkers to demonstrate that, you know, I'm leaning on their knowledge as well. So if someone else is in a different department than me, 
I am taking in consideration what they just said. So I'll just say to follow up on this person's point, I feel like we should be doing this. And I really incorporate other people's voices into my the way that I speak. And what that does is it allows other people to have confidence in what you're saying. Because again, as you are obviously listening and paying attention to other people, but it also allows you to have the self-confidence to speak up on your idea. You know, if you had an idea and obviously other people agree as well, it makes you more confident in being able to share that idea. And bonus, a a byproduct of using this technique is that people will like working with you more. So I didn't really expect this as much, but you know, people really like to be listened to and have their ideas acknowledged at work. I know it's like such a simple concept, but not a lot of people do it. But you know, even if you are disagreeing with someone's point, taking the time to listen to them and take into consideration their point instead of blatantly disregarding it makes such a big difference when you are collaborating with other people, when you are having to be on a different team. People like being listened to and they will trust your opinions and ideas more if you have shown that you take into consideration the perspective of of others. And like side note, an, an extra byproduct of this technique is that people will like you more. And it And when people like you more at work, what happens is they are more likely to help you. And this is something that a mentor actually pointed out to me, like while I was in university. It is that what people, um, I was talking to him and sharing some of the stuff and he's like, you know, you're going to be successful. And I was like, ah, I'm not really sure. I had a lot of really, a lot of self-doubt. And he, he, and he was the one who actually instilled in me. He's like, no, what you work really well with other people. And what that does is that people will be more likely to help you because they like being around you, right? Because you listen, right? And you, um, you consider other people. And I guess I never really thought about it that much until I started working with people who talked all the time, didn't really want to listen to anyone else. And I was like, oh, I see what you mean now. <laughs> and that listening is such a powerful tool that pe- is so, so underrated. Like, I feel like everyone thinks that getting into um, getting a great job, you know, some of the soft skills that you really need. The top one that people always say, employers always say is communications, right? But people never really want to work on it, right? People are always looking at the hard skills, you know, what can I educate myself more in, but no one actually really thinks about these soft skills. And listening to other people has gotten me so far, because it is a skill I've learned. I thought it's something that came, you know, that people just do naturally, but a lot of people don't listen naturally. And uh, I think this is a great point that I wanted to bring up is because if people with self-doubt and imposter syndrome, you know, I am also very introverted and shy sometimes. And that's something I've had to really work through my career. And it's, it's very difficult because a lot of times, jobs and careers, they reward um, people who are extroverts and who are, you know, outgoing types of people. But if you're not that that naturally, it can be difficult. So I feel like listening is like the introverted, you know, self-doubt, imposter syndrome person superpower. Because as someone with self-doubt, you you just are naturally good at listening and retaining other information. And when you 
create and speak up at meetings by using um, and integrating other people's comments and ideas, that is actually how you can use that to your advantage. And trust me, there are not that many situations in the workplace where you can actually leverage self-doubt into your advantage, and this is one of them. Sounding confident at work has always been a struggle for me and sounding confident on this podcast has also been a struggle for me and I feel like it's one of those things where I feel like I because it didn't come naturally I didn't know if it was something I could truly improve on but that's a part of the growth mindset and that's something I talk a lot I believe in the episode my last episode on five things that you can do um, to overcome imposter syndrome is really moving into that growth mindset especially when it comes to career no I am not naturally a the best public speaker in the world I actually used to be so shy to even read like a paragraph outside of my textbook. But this is something that I have worked on and developed and practiced. And it is something I think that you can also hear on this podcast. So if you listen back to episode one, which is when I uploaded that, that was May 2020. I think I recorded in April 2020. And now it is December 2020. I feel like my voice has changed quite a bit. And that first episode, it was 100% scripted. Um, and I still sound so shy, like I'm scared of the microphone when I'm in, I was in the room completely by myself. I was actually in the apartment completely by myself when I recorded that. And to see how far I've come now, again, not 100%, but I feel like it's a lot more confident than I was before. And I'm also now more able to be more confident in being myself and having the, you know, different types of um, idioms and, you know, little anecdotic stuff that's off script and that's okay. Self-confidence doesn't have to come naturally for you to be good at it. And if this is something that you're really struggling with and you know that it's been holding you back in your career and would like more help on it, please go and check out my Promote Yourself one-on-one career coaching program where we can work one-on-one together in order to really create that career confidence, not just in speaking up at meetings, but being able to confidently apply and market yourself for jobs you currently feel unqualified for. So the link of that will be in the show notes. But I know I have taken a break a little, uh, there was no episode last week because I took a break for Christmas, but if I don't talk to you um, until 2021, happy new year as well. Happy holidays, everyone. And wow, 2020, can't wait for this year to be over. I know there's only like four days left, but this this is, we're, we're, we're good, you guys. We're good on 2020. I am re- I'm recording more episodes, so they will be coming out. I just don't know when. And I will be recapping a lot of 2020 as well. So look forward to that. And I, I will talk to you soon. Until next time, happy saving and spending. I am always cheering you on. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Money on Life and Men podcast, I highly encourage you to leave a review or rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. This helps more people discover the podcast and become a part of this community. Remember, we're all figuring out this work-life money thing together.